When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Thursday, March 3rd, and this is People Every Day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I'm Charlotte Triggs, and I'll be filling in for Janine today as she enjoys some much-deserved time off with her family. I'm very excited to be here with you, and without further ado, let's get into what's happening. We start today's show with a sad story coming out of Stanford University. The school announced that captain and goalkeeper of the university women's soccer team, Katie Meyer, has passed away. The cause of death was not immediately known and is still under investigation. But Vice Provost for Student Affairs, Susie Brubaker-Cole, released a statement saying, quote, Katie was extraordinarily committed to everything and everyone in her world, calling her a, quote, bright shining light for so many on the field and in our community. Meyer was in net for the Stanford Cardinal when the team took home the NCAA title in 2019. We'll, of course, continue to follow the story as more information comes to light. We do have an update for a story we've been following very closely. Max Shmerkovsky's long journey home from the Ukrainian war zone has ended. The Dancing with the Stars pro landed at LAX yesterday and was greeted by his wife, Peter Murgatroyd, and a group of reporters. I have no idea what to say. I have no idea what I'm gonna do right this second. I just, I'm trying to process, you know, all of this and I just wanna go home. Shmerkovsky gained international exposure with his social media posts documenting the Russian invasion from the ground in Kyiv and his subsequent journey out of the country through Poland. On a post Monday, the dancer acknowledged that he felt, quote, guilt for escaping Ukraine. Shmerkovsky has an American passport, which is why he was able to leave while all other Ukrainian men ages 18 to 60 are banned from leaving in an effort to fight the Russian invasion. You guys can all judge me if you want, but I do not care. I have never, ever been happier. That's Sydney Sweeney delivering her now iconic line as Cassie Howard from the most recent season of HBO's Euphoria. And we can now say that she seems to be very happy off screen. Recent photos surfaced of Sweeney sporting an engagement ring from now fiance Jonathan Devino. The actress and Devino have been linked together since 2018. Devino's family owns cannabis-focused tech companies, 14th Round and Final Bell. And Sweeney told Cosmopolitan in January that she prefers to keep her love life private and that, quote, I don't date actors or musicians or anyone in entertainment because I can just be normal Sid that way and it's easiest. I have a great support system. Congrats to the happy couple. Now that ring is no joke. And moving on from an engagement to a divorce. Today, CBS Mornings aired their interview with Melinda French Gates. When news first broke last May that Bill and Melinda Gates were divorcing after 27 years of marriage, it took the world by surprise. On the surface, they seemed like a philanthropic power couple, but behind closed doors, it was a very different story. Now, Melinda is opening up about her divorce for the first time to Gail King on CBS Mornings, and there is a lot to dive into. Joining me now to discuss it all is People's West Coast News Director, Marissa Charles. Hey, Marissa, thanks for being here. Hey. 
Melinda told Gail that she knew the news of her divorce from Bill would be a surprise, but she didn't know just how much it would take over the news cycle. But it was shocking. I mean, they have three kids together. They run the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation together, which is, of course, a nonprofit fighting poverty, disease, and inequity around the world. And according to CNBC, Bill's real estate portfolio is worth over $166 million. As I mentioned earlier, on the surface, they did seem happy. So what else did she share about the hindsight that she feels now? Well, it was really interesting because, um, you know, she said that she doesn't sort of accept blame for the demise of the marriage. And she actually told um, Gail, I don't question myself now, not at all. I gave every single piece of myself to this marriage. I was committed to this marriage from the day we got engaged until the day we got out of it. So no, but I also think society used to put things on women like it was our fault. No, I did nothing wrong. So I hold my head high. So the issue of infidelity came to light during the divorce, and there were reports that Bill had multiple affairs, and that according to New York Times report, steps had to be taken along the way at Microsoft at various times based on his behavior. Now, to me, that sounds like hitting on staffers, and we do know that Bill admitted to one affair with a Microsoft staffer 20 years ago. So when Gail asked how she worked through that, take a listen to what Melinda said. Well, I certainly believe in forgiveness. Um, So I thought we had worked through some of that. It wasn't one moment or one specific thing that happened. There just came a point in time where there was enough there that I realized it just wasn't healthy and I couldn't trust what we had. It's really interesting. She sort of threaded the needle between sort of saying or reacting to the affair rumors and sort of giving Bill grace and giving him room to respond. So she just said, those are questions Bill needs to answer. Um, And she also did reveal that she cried um, many tears for many days. She even spoke about, you know, laying down with her face against the floor, like that's how bad it got. Um, So she also recalled feeling angry, saying that that's part of the grieving process. You're grieving a loss of something you thought you had and thought you had for your lifetime. So one massive point of contention that we only learned about once they split was Bill's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, which Melinda absolutely hated. So what did she have to say about that? She was very candid about their relationship and she was also very blunt. She said, I did not like that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time because I wanted to see who this man was and I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. I made it very clear how I felt about him. And, And of course, there have been reports that Bill had hoped that Epstein's connections to the Nobel Committee would help him win the Nobel Prize. Back last year, a source told us that people about Melinda saying she was totally opposed to what she considered shady dealings and some other issues he wanted to pursue in the business area. And and it also should be noted that Melinda said during the interview that she feels for his victims and, you know, she felt awful about meeting him so she could only imagine what a young, vulnerable woman would feel like. What I found most interesting is that she says that she's open to dating again and that she's actually ready to put herself back out there. Yeah, this sort of drew real smiles on her face. Um, <laughs> she seemed really open to it. And she said, um, definitely, when she was asked by Gail, and she said, I hope that happens for me again. I'm dipping my toe in that water a little bit. 
She also revealed that, you know, she's gotten past those sort of hard, the hardest times um, from the split, saying that not that there haven't been some hard times, even in the last two weeks. I do my very best to show up as my best self. And she also said, I feel like I'm in a really good place and I'm really, really excited about my life and about the work ahead. She was very clear about her relationship with her ex-husband, saying that, well, we certainly have a working relationship. We're friendly at this point. Friends is a different word for me. And that might come over time. Marissa, thank you so much for stopping by to talk this through with me. You're welcome. Thank you. Later in the show, we sit down with the stars of the upcoming Hulu film Fresh, Daisy, Edgar Jones, and Sebastian Stan. Now, he's been everywhere lately. All the Marvel stuff, Pam and Tommy, and now this very creepy thriller, Fresh. But first, did you guys hear about the lawsuit Dua Lipa's facing? Allegedly, her big song, Levitating, was a ripoff of another song. You can weigh in on what you think after the break. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. We're back, and now we need to dig into this Dua Lipa news. One of the songs that did not get lost in the shuffle in 2020 was her hit, Levitating. It made it to number one in the charts in 2021, and you've probably heard it about a thousand times by now. But you know who doesn't care for it? Florida-based reggae group, Article Sound System. Yesterday, the band filed a lawsuit against Dua Lipa and her label, Warner Brothers, over similarities to their 2017 song, Live Your Life. The suit alleges that, quote, on information and belief, the defendants, quote, listened to and copied Live Your Life before and during the time that they were writing Levitating, and that the songs are substantially similar. We've heard of cases like this before. In 2018, Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams paid out $5.4 million to the family of Marvin Gaye. A court ruled that their 2013 hit song, Blurred Lines, illegally copied Gaye's Gotta Give It Up. Here's Blurred Lines. And here's Gotta Give It Up. Thicke and Williams defended the similarities at the time, saying that their song was just an homage to Motown. But hearing those clips now, you can hear why they had to pay up. Now, when it comes to Dua Lipa's song, you guys decide for yourselves. So here's Article Sound System's 2017 song, Live Your Life. And here's Dua Lipa's Levitating again. Live your life. Levitating. So what do you guys think? They sound pretty similar to me. 
And I don't know much, but I think that the lawyers for Dorlupa and Warner Brothers will have their work cut out for them. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Janine is out on vacation, but before she left, she managed to join the stars of Fresh on their press tour. Take it away, Janine. For all our hopes of finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you are all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm gonna tell you, but you're gonna freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? That was the sound of a good dating situation turning horribly bad in the trailer for the new film, Fresh, coming out on Hulu this Friday, March 4th. I have to tell you, after watching this film, it is not one I am soon to forget. It follows the life of Noah, a young woman trying to find her person, though she hates having to date her way through that search. She meets Steve in a grocery store, and he is refreshingly charming and funny and asks for her number. But a whirlwind romance sends red flags to her best friend, Molly, good friend, played by Joe. Joe Gibbs, Noah decides to embrace the relationship and accepts an invitation for a weekend getaway. And that, my friends, is where the story takes a turn so drastic it will give you whiplash. And joining me today are the stars of the film, Sebastian Stan, who you know most recently from his headline-making turn as Tommy Lee in Pam and Tommy, and Normal People's Daisy Edgar Jones. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Well, Daisy, I want to start with you. Do you think that Noah accurately portrays like where women are today in the dating scene, this virtual world. I feel like there is there's sort of an exhaustion with the way dating works now with this this kind of use of dating apps that we scroll for each other and like almost shopping for a partner and just how difficult it is to meet someone and and, and the balance of how much you you know you make yourself kind of open to meeting someone new but you're also being very aware of the potential danger that could bring or, or the risk involved. Sebastian, now you play this character so well, but it is actually a little crazy to be speaking with you after watching your very scary performance in Fresh. Your character seeks out a certain type of woman to, let's say, feed his very disturbing business. I think as an actor, sometimes you have to keep challenging yourself. For some reason, I I don't like being comfortable. And, and I think it's very easy to, to fall into certain comforts playing similar kind of roles. And I just read this and I, I was so taken with the beginning of the movie. It really does start out like a genuine connection between two people. One that I think felt relatable and, and was funny and conversational. And having kind of an idea where it's going, I, I was really, really on the edge of my seat trying to trying to see how the movie was going to handle that. And every time I, I thought I knew how it, it would always just defy it in a different way. For sure. And this was not a method acting practice, <laughs> but like, was it easy to come out of that space? Every project is different. It's, it's all about energy. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really have a lot of time because as soon as we wrapped this movie, I had to go to L.A. And, and, and dive into Pam and Tommy. And that was a whole other world of preparation. I mean, yeah. on the weekends when we were, we were shooting and on the weekends, I was going and like learning the drums <laughs> for the first time <laughs> in my life. We had such a great collaboration on this film. And, and there's no way you can do something like this without being able to have trust with, with the people you're working with and, and especially with their director. And so, and we were lucky because we had Mimi Cave who was so beyond prepared for every single question mm. Daisy and I had or concern or thought or fear. Well, Daisy, Noah also kind of decides for herself that she needs to do whatever it takes for Steve to like her and keep her around. And we find these stories 
a lot in the real world, actually, with victims on how they adapt to the situation they are in to just survive. So what was something you thought of or or conjured to get into the mindset of someone being held captive? My friends and I talked about this quite a lot, but about how, so why is it that so so often, you know, it is women that enjoy watching true crime. I wonder if it's the, this idea that because so often the victim is a woman of one, yeah. how would we be in this situation or how, how, would I, how would I react? How would I be able to see the signs and spot the signs? I think that, that scene where she wakes up for the first time, that was one that I found really interesting to play of this idea of denial of going, this situation I always knew could happen, has actually happened to me, you know, and have you seen the tender swindler? Oh, have I? <laughs> oh, the tender swindler, y'all. Insane, insane. <laughs> but here you are, right? We're talking about this movie, and then you're talking about perception, projection, and on and manipulation on a crazy level. I mean, I'm so I, I'm so terrified by that documentary because it's it, <laughs> it because it's happening in our current time. To say that you were scared by that documentary, considering your role in Fresh, um, <laughs> that's just something to point out. But before I let you go, uh, Sebastian, of course, on the heels of Pam and Tommy, you said what you actually filmed during this whole process. Right after. Uh, right after, right after. Have you been surprised about the love that that show's gotten? Another Hulu favorite. I was very grateful to to have worked through the pandemic, um, but at the same time, it was very anxious because I, from this to to that, I was um, very kind of terrified of not playing the instrument. But then I don't have tattoos on my body. It felt like this is a real life person with big shoes to fill. I'd never been in a rock band. I I don't. It just there was a lot of kind of hurdles. And then on and the camera test it was the first time where hair and makeup really like showed their unbelievable skills. And, and we looked at each other like when we finally kind of came out with everything on and all that. And we were like, okay, like maybe, maybe this will work. You know? <laughs> uh, but it was, it's a, it was a real journey in itself for sure. So you were more scared of the drums than that scene. That, that, well, that... Because he's labeled one of the greatest yeah, uh, drummers true. in the world. And he's so specific with it. And I just don't play any instruments. And and I, I, I sort of actually learning, I, I learned to appreciate the drums a lot. There's something extremely sort of primal and kind of cathartic about oh, yeah. playing it. This was just such a pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So before I let you go, I have one last question for you. Do you believe in ghosts? Personally, I'm not really a big believer in any of that. And neither was Courtney Cox. Have you had a ghost experience? I have had one. I didn't believe it first. So she was on Jimmy Kimmel the other day and was telling him about how she used to own this house in Los Angeles that people believed to be haunted. She really didn't think much of it, even when the previous owner, Carol King, came over for a seance. So Carol King came over to my house and she said that there had been a divorce and that was really ugly and there was a ghost in the house. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So then Courtney Cox did the seance or whatever with Carol King at the house. And just because she was a big fan of Carol, and I mean, you know, who could blame her? So Courtney still wasn't buying into the whole ghost thing. And then, now this is what creeped me out. Just listen. But then I was I was at the house one day, not being a believer. And the doorbell rang. It was a UPS guy or something. And I opened the door and he said, do you know this house is haunted? And I go, yeah, why? Why do you think that? He goes because there's someone standing behind you. And I was like, let's sell. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible UPS guy. 
Thank you all for listening today. I had so much fun. I'll be back with you on Monday, but tomorrow we have another great host for you, Nigel Smith. You've heard him on here as a guest with Janine and he's great. You're going to love him. Have a great day, everybody, and come back tomorrow for more people every day.